Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 412. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today I have my co-host, John White. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2017. John, you're down in L.A. on the highway. Can we get a uh, traffic report down there? Absolutely. So uh, I actually drove down yesterday, and um, let me tell you, if, if you're used to the bad roads between uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles on Interstate 5, uh, you're in for a treat. It's, uh, it is freshly black-topped, uh, smooth as, as silk to drive down, and uh, my recommendation is that you drive that yesterday because there is no traffic. Uh, but now I went from my 50-degree uh, uh, San Francisco weather down to, to 90 today in SoCal. So uh, uh, take that wow. for what it's worth. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Nice. I, I, I'm, I'm completely jealous. We're still up here in the Bay Area. It is the day before Thanksgiving, if you didn't catch that date. Um, thanks for everybody that wants to listen to us and join us on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I know at around 2 o'clock this afternoon, everybody's going to bail. And on the show today... We have Carl Holtz. Carl uh, is a um, deals with the Re-Realize Network Insight product line. Uh, Carl, welcome to the show. I know you're listening and you're on the call. Uh, we'll get to you in a little bit. Uh, before we uh, get into Re-Realize Network uh, Insight, we should talk a little bit about what's happening uh, the month before we all leave for the new year. So. First, Happy Thanksgiving. It's going to be a good turkey day tomorrow. Or if you're a vegetarian, uh, good something or other. Don't know what you eat if you're a vegetarian, but uh, enjoy that. Uh, it's tofurkey, right? Lab. Traditionally, tofurkey. It, it is tofurkey, yep. Tofu turkey. Tofu turkey. Tofu turkey. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Um, yep. We're going to be working in December on Challenge Labs. So if you missed the podcast last week, uh, podcast 411, um, we talked about Challenge Labs, and we're going to be doing some um, marketing around Challenge Labs, maybe some prizes around them, as well as spinning up some VMTN forms around common questions and answers around Challenge Labs. So if you're kind of bored in December looking for something interesting to do, we're going to be doing some Challenge Labs activities and Challenge Labs, just to summarize, if you're not going to go listen to the podcast, they are labs that take the most common problems around some of the technical challenges of our products and then builds labs around them and then takes you through interesting challenges. These are kind of things that you would experience if you were running those products. So kind of like flight simulation training for pilots where they throw the hard problems at the pilots. This is kind of the same thing. Uh, challenge labs throw hard problems at the pilots. Um, they're taking the labs and then you try to work your way through them. And then we're combining that with VMTN forms around some of the common problems that people have reported in the forms and then answers to those problems. So stay tuned for that in uh, December. That should be interesting. Other things that are happening in December, you know, as we run past Thanksgiving here, the VExpert nominations are going to open up, right, Corey? Yes, they are. Yes, we are, uh, we are a little delayed. We're um, still working on our VExpert app. Um, beta testing starts Monday. Um, so if you are listening and I haven't reached out to you and you're the expert or maybe an internal employee or, or just want to you know, help troubleshoot the VExpert app, um, you can help. Uh, and we'll start to, you know, if you want to help with the beta process, 
will start that Monday afternoon. And you can reach out to vexpert at vmware.com. But we expect to have the, um, after we're done with beta testing, we expect to have the application open as well as uh, open for uh, nominations um, within the next uh, two weeks at the most. That's good. That's good. So if you're one of the existing uh, vexperts, you got a short form again this year. Um, and then if you haven't been a vexpert and you've been training, then uh, you do the long form and, and we vet you as usual. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, what we're doing is we're loading all of last year's data into the application. And we are going to uh, have, we're not, we're not going to have short form versus long form. What you'll have is you'll just have one form and it'll have all of your data. And so if, uh, you know, your, your employer changes anything else, um, you can add or append or edit um, any of the data from your original application. Great, great. Okay, so that's what we got for December coming through, and um, now we'll move into the end of the show. So, Carl Fultz, Carl, you're at Twitter handle KW Fultz, and your your title is Solutions Architect for CMBU. So, welcome to the show, Carl. Why don't you take tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, how long have you been working at VMware and in been in the data center ecosystem, so to speak? What's 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 your history? Yeah, and thanks for having me today, guys. So I have been at VMware for six and a half years. I've been with the Cloud Management Business Unit for just over two years in the in the role I'm talking to you on today. And I've been in the industry, let's see, about 24 years now. So data center focus a little bit with with IT shops and consulting, and then I was at Symantec for six years and, and then joined VMware. And uh, happy to be here again today with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, so, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about V Realize Network Insight? Why don't you give us just a little bit of um, insight, honey, on V Realize Insight? Nice, thank you. So, um, Network Insight was is a product set that we brought into the VMware fold about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was an acquisition we made company. And, and looks like we uh yeah, looks like we might have lost him. Yep. We'll give uh give Dave a what's he Carl a little bit of chance to see if he dials back in. Yeah. And we'll pick back up if he gets in. Uh in the meantime, Corey, I did have uh one more side news item. Uh so we're setting up our home lab and we're looking at installing vSAN, and we're like, where do we get the vSAN bits? And thanks to some community members, um, I, I have discovered that if you install the vCenter appliance, the vCenter server appliance, mm-hmm. um, and install vSAN right out of that, uh, that install. So instead yeah. of needing to you know, set up vCenter, the server appliance, which then before you do that, you actually need storage in order to do that, um, because we're we're booting off a USB key, we're booting vSphere off a USB key, so we can use the two hard drives inside the server for vSAN storage. We're like, oh, how right. do we install vSAN storage? We got to install it somewhere. We have to get everything set up. So that was the dilemma. Uh, how do you right. set up vSAN when you don't have any set anything up on? Yep. Well, Just be clear, the the vSAN. VSAN binaries are actually included in, in vSphere. 
um, but you're talking about the whole bootstrap process, right? Where you're like chicken and egg problem. I'm installing right. onto vSAN, but but vSAN needs to be there before. So what do I do? And there's right. actually uh, William Lom has a um, a single node uh, vSAN install article um, where you kind of bootstrap a single single node of vSphere with a single node of vSAN and then add your additional nodes to, to bring it up. It's kind of an ingenious solution. Right. And I forget what community member uh, brought that to me, but uh, we, we are in the process of doing that, which was the chicken and the egg problem. And yep, that's exactly right. So That was Emad uh, Yunus. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Vmug came on the show and was around. Actually, we were at the Vmug. And yeah, we were at the Vmug. He said, "Yeah, we yeah. sat at a table conversation." Yeah, absolutely. I did not know William had an article on that as well. So that's yeah. William's article is actually a couple of years old because it's a it's a um, it's a problem that, that came up immediately, right? Like with the yeah, advent problem, of Eastman, how My problem is my SSD. Uh, two drives internal to the server have already been formatted for vSAN. So I'm curious to see whether this install process will reformat them because when you're installing ESX, ESX wouldn't reformat the drives. So I'm hoping that vSAN and will actually, when we go set it up, we'll actually be able to re reformat those drives. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Did you guys, have you, I don't know if any of you saw or heard this, but um, Microsoft made an announcement in the last 24 hours about um, having a hosted uh, VMware on bare metal on Azure um, service, and I didn't I didn't get to uh, to uh, say uh, nice. that um, it. I had some customers actually uh, ping me and say, "Hey, how come uh, we have to hear this from the Microsoft announcement and not from VMware?" And it's actually because it's not a VMware uh, Microsoft partnership. Um, it's if you Microsoft read independently, you know, offer vSphere on Azure bare metal. Yeah, with it, it says with some premier VMware partners who are unnamed. So it is not actually a partnership with the, the VMware. Um, if anybody cares. <laughs> right, and that, that makes sense. That, that's it's nice to know. We're still waiting to see if Carl shows back up. Um, yeah. Give it Carl's back. Ah, hey, Carl. There you go. We were just talking tech shop until you got back. Sure. You know, that's sure. And apologize that you know if this if this stuff worked all the time, we wouldn't have jobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and we live on corporate Skype. We live on corporate Skype here, so the 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 timeout of the data packet and then hearing voice go and then funny. Sure. Yeah. Carl just um, went sure. robot on me. But Carl, you were oh, yeah, in the middle of saying that um, uh, the Realize Network Insight came from an acquisition. Can you uh, back up and maybe talk through that process? Sure, sure. So it, the acquisition was Arkin, and it was a number of folks that uh, were previously with VMware went and started their own company. And, and some of that was just they, they realized that, that NSX had a requirement for a management plane. And so they went about developing Network Insight to address that gap. And so that's sort of what we have today is there's a good portion of Network Insight that's really focused on best practices and health 
related scenarios for NSX. You know, goal there being, I want to go ahead and plug Network Insight in, identify what parts of my environment are going to benefit from NSX, so really kind of an efficiency proposition. And then I can take that information and dis determine where do I want to put distributed firewalls or logical distributed routers in my environment to keep my network traffic from going out to the physical side, I mean, maybe to a layer three switch or to a router and come back into the environment. So that's that's sort of you know what they initially looked at that for, and then micro segmentation was uh, was also a big part of that as well. So now, so before, can you? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, can you tell us if this was like one of those? Um, there's other tech companies that'll do like a spin out, and like some people want to leave, and and the company invests in their startup. Is, was that the case here, or was it um, truly people leaving, forming a startup, and then VMware looking over the shoulder saying, hey, that was interesting, we want to buy it? That's a great question. I know the latter was definitely the case. I don't know if there was some investment that occurred there. Okay. Right. And then is, is the implication that there that there's something lacking about the NSX management plane? You said uh, NSX needs a management plane, and uh, is it what, what is what's the problem that's being solved here that's uh, that's not in the NSX management plane? Sure, sure. So, I mean, the I, I wouldn't say that there was something that was lacking. It's it's that so the today the the way that you manage an NSX environment, there's a number of different ways, but the, the primary way that you would initially set up an NSX environment and configure it would be through the vSphere web client, right? And and I think that's a great experience that, that people have available to them, but what what's not sort of available there is there's a number of checks, over 90 checks that we provide in Network Insight that looks at an NSX environment or just and even sort of generically looks at an environment for NSX is in the mix and says, here's some some sort of low-hanging fruit in your environment that that we wouldn't necessarily know about just installing NSX, right? Uh, this this information is provided sort of pre and post NSX to to not only help you make some decisions about, hey, what's the best way to install NSX in my environment, but also once I have NSX installed, you know, these 90 events or so events that we have in the product are going to tell you about different situations, different areas that that maybe might have been misconfigurations or even down to things like, you know, I have uh, two controllers in my in my environment when really three is required for HA, those types of things. Not not things that necessarily that the vSphere web client is going to uncover for them. Okay. I have a question. Um... So before VMworld this year, um, I think we were we were selling this as as a product. Is that was is that correct? Did we actually acquire this and then launches as a product that you purchase and run in your data center? Uh, I know at VMworld we announced Network Insight Service. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what's the difference between you know, the service and other ways to to get these binaries. Sure, sure. So, so when we acquired Arkin last year, we actually made an announcement at the 2016 VMworld that Arkin's been brought into the fold, and this is a product that you can start to use as a leverage as a VMware customer. And so, the on-prem version of the product, what we call the sort of officially vRealized Network Insight, has been available for a little bit over a year as an option for customers to purchase. This VMworld, just a few months ago, you're right, we, we announced our VMware Cloud Services offering, and there's a number of services involved 
uh, Network Insight is one of them. Uh, Wavefront is another one that's pretty heavily known. Cost Insight's an additional one. And so right. the network service offering really, the network insight service offering really is, it's in terms of product functionality is virtually identical between the on-premises version of the product and the service. The big difference really is in how the the features are delivered to the customer. Okay. Um, so in in that we, we we are obviously getting in the cloud business um, where does this service reside is this one is this a is this something that we're running in a cloud somewhere at VMware or is it uh, an AWS service how are we going to market with this it's it's an AWS service it's running in one of the AWS regions here in the US and so when when the customers go through the onboarding process that's effectively what they're communicating with Okay, good. So another cloud service on AWS. Uh, VMware continues to make that march forward. Uh, how do how do companies typically use the the realized network insight? I mean, you talk a little bit about it. You have X number of of things that you monitor and look at. Um, have people been using it for that? Are there interesting use cases that you can uh, give us some insight on? Sure, sure. So there's there's four primary use cases that we'll typically see customers uh, looking at the product for. The, the first one you know, that I already mentioned sort of is the, the NSX health and, and best practices scenarios. Micro-segmentation is where customers will typically begin. And so when we install the product or we use the service, depending on what the customer preference is, the first thing that they're going to look at is what level or what amount of east-west traffic that they may have in their environment. And the way that we would define that really is VM to VM traffic in the environment. Now, you could, you know, add in physical devices, physical, you know, servers, PCs, endpoints, et cetera, into that mix. But effectively, east-west traffic is what we want to get our arms around. And when we, you know, when they get that sort of traffic distribution, get their, get, get some understanding about that, that's when they start to understand, you know, look at that and say, okay, here's one where I can start to plug in different NSX uh, entities into that environment. And along those lines, you know, when we get into true micro-segmentation, that's where, and for those of you who don't know what micro-segmentation is, that's really about building additional layers of security within your data center. So oftentimes what we'll, we'll talk to people about is say, okay, we want to take and move your what security posture, your firewall methodology that you may have at your perimeter and move that into your organization, move that inside the data center to the virtual layer. And that's where NSX can come in and that's where we start to talk about micro-segmentation. So some good examples of that might be, I want to take a specific application and I want to build a layer of security around that application. There might be a number of reasons you may want to do that. Maybe your organization's security policy is mandating some level of security you know, wrapped around that application, or maybe there's some compliance or regulatory requirement there that says, you know, if we're looking at PCI or HIPAA or, or et cetera, uh, there needs to be a you know, specific way that we are locking down access to those applications and the way the applications, you know, the different tiers of that application communicate. So Network Insight can help you not only determine what applications might be running in your environment based on the flow traffic that we're seeing traverse a virtual distributed switch or physical net flow on your switches, but it also 
can help you. And the way that we would do that is we're getting port information, by the way, from from the flow data, right? So I can see things like, right. hey, if I see 1521 or if I see 443, I can pretty quickly infer, hey, that's Oracle or that's secure web traffic. And so with that, I can begin to rationalize my applications from a flow perspective. And then we'll take and we'll make uh, security recommendations for that traffic. So if we see in real time, these certain set of VMs that are communicating I can take as a as a customer as a you know user of this product and say okay yeah these VMs are all communicating and I can understand that part of this is maybe Oracle part of this is web part of this might be some mid-tier sort of application and I can group those together and rationalize my applications based on that and then we'll make firewall recommendations to say here's what you need to do to go through and allow communication and secure communication between these tiers and and also external you know, entity. So, so that's sort of the, the, the you know, two of the, the, the four use cases. The other, the other two, the first one would be um, just general visibility of overlay and underlay networking. So we've got a lot of different data sources that we support. Uh, the first, the first one being, of course, vCenter. So that's kind of the first one that you'll plug into when you install Network Insight, and that's when we kind of do our, our traffic distribution analysis initially. And right. I can then say, hey, I have you know other physical switches in my environment. I have maybe a UCS chassis or some or an HP chassis. Uh, also, I may have things like Palo Alto Panorama or Checkpoint in my environment. I can take and add each of those data sources, and then we have a VM to VM path interface that shows you exactly where each of those entities are in the path. And the really cool thing about it is we'll also show the applicable firewall rules, right? So I can see where I have redirected firewall rules from my panorama or from uh, checkpoint devices or my distributed firewall from an NSX perspective. And the great thing about that is I can make decisions on, hey, is this really secure? And then, but maybe on the on the flip side, I can also say, hey, maybe this is too secure and it's and it's preventing people from accessing critical parts of my applications. Right, so I, I get a very, very clear view that we're putting together across our data sources. And then the final one, and this is newer in the last couple of releases, it kind of blends with the other use cases, minus the NSX side, and it's around Amazon Web Services. So what we've seen in the marketplace is a lot of customers wanting to truly understand what they have running in AWS in terms of VPCs, you know, kind of all heard the VPC terminology, but more deeply than that, I want to see what's running in my VPC. How do I have it configured? How do I have it secured? And then, you know, Network Insight will provide you that visibility and that insight so you can quickly determine, hey, what's my security posture? But also, do I have, again, situations where security is causing uh, problems with communication flows in my environment? So those are at a high level kind of the main use cases that we typically see people looking at the product for. How difficult is it to get get set up and, and start using this, and how long would a customer need before they start seeing value from deploying the software? Sure. So what I like to say is it generally takes longer to download the two OVAs, if we're talking about the on-premises version of the product, uh, than it sure. does to get it up and running and configured, particularly as if we're looking at vCenter and NSX. Uh, on the service side, it's even easier. So if, if we're looking at... Um, collecting you know, flow information and metrics and metadata from our on-premises environment literally only requires one OVA. 
if we're looking at just AWS entities, then there's no requirement to download any software. I just plug in my credentials, log in, and I'm good to go in terms of bringing in AWS information. So it's very straightforward. So you talk about NSX. Um, will this run without having an NSX implementation? Yes, yes, absolutely. The the only requirements that we have today are a vCenter environment so that we can uh, obtain information uh, from if, if your goal, of course, is vSphere. But even if you don't have vSphere, we offer the ability to pull in NetFlow information from physical switches. And of course, I mentioned AWS. So if you're, tr if you're truly just an AWS environment or if that's only what your focus is, then, uh, then you can just point uh, you know, at that location and, and be off and running. Okay, that makes sense. Good, good. I, I could see where you, you could be up and running and looking at you know, doing some of this uh, relatively quickly. When you come into implementing NSX, then, then that's a whole other ballgame. But uh, once you have NSX there, then uh, going, going to this is probably easy as well. Um, so you're on version 3.6, I believe. Um, are there any top features? I don't know how, how many of our audience members use vRealize Network Insight. Probably not that many, but... Uh, for those that do, uh, what's what's new in 3.6? What, what should you be telling us about uh, where you're going? Sure, sure. I'd say, you know, sort of the big flagship features for 3.6, and by the way, uh, 3.6 has been available for about a week now, so this is something you can go and easily download or, or consume via the service. Which, uh, by the, the way, is why you're on the podcast, because, you know, you have a new release out, and anytime you get on a new release, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, and, and thank you again for letting me be on here. But the, you know, the, the, the main features that we would talk about, and I mentioned the uh, physical NetFlow collection uh, is available as of the 3.6 release. We have a new flow analytics capability, and this, was, this came about because we, we had quite a few customers coming to us and saying, we'd really like to see top-end scenarios for flow traffic and, and sort of different ways to slice and dice that flow traffic. You know, things like uh, top talkers in the environment, uh, top session count, uh, top throughput, those types of things, elephant flows, show me new VMs that are communicating uh, within the last you know, whatever period of time that I've selected, let's say a day, a week, a month. Uh, also show me new firewall rules that have been created, et cetera. Uh, so it's it's a really powerful look at the at different ways we can we can break up the flow data to give people insights into what's occurring in their environment. Uh, so that that was one of the other functionalities. We've also announced uh, a public API capability. So a lot of the things that we can accomplish in the user interface we can now do via REST API. So your your whatever your favorite flavor of uh, REST client that you may want to use uh, can be used against our API. My personal is Postman, so I can go ahead and query the API for things like uh, show me all of the entities meeting a specific VM characteristic or flow detail. I want to see all of my Cisco switches and certain configurations for them. Or even I want to establish a micro-segmentation plan around an application. I can do that, and then I can take and produce the recommended firewall settings from that API, uh, similar to what we provide in the UI, and I can do some really cool workflow scenarios. So maybe I want to take the firewall recommendations, uh, send that through vRealize Orchestrator, which you know essentially anybody who owns vSphere has access to that, and the cool thing about that is I can build some governance around it, and I can also have some approval workflows. So if I want to go ahead and, and march towards a zero-trust model with my API, 
I can do so and then have approval process wrapped around that. And then that would could then hand that off into NSX or maybe AWS and I can make, you know, enforce my firewall changes directly via the API. Uh, so pretty powerful stuff that's just available in the 3.6 release. Also, we've announced NSXT support. So probably not many of you that have NSXT yet, but it's really sort of the future of NSXT moving forward. Uh, think of it sort of as a decoupled NSX that allows us some greater flexibility outside of a vSphere environment if that's the path you want to go down. So I'd say those, are, those are kind of the big ones. Yeah. The, the REST API and uh, getting access to the NetFlow data, it's, it's, it's really interesting in that if I look at, you know, we had Tom Korn on last week with AppDefense. We had uh, uh, Bill Roth on um, maybe three or four months ago with Wavefront. And just talking about the whole data analytics uh, side of the house, and and now you you, you kind of go like we should have you we should have a whole session on VMware Code. Where we're talking about how to build flows of data, and then what are you doing with that, and what what are you building to to control that flow? Uh, do you guys actually spend some time with the Wavefront people thinking about you know how to pull some of this stuff together? We we absolutely are, and I'd say we're at the very early stages on on where we're going between the two products. The inclusion of the API, I think, is going to give us all sorts of opportunities to do some interesting things with, with Wavefront and with our other products. Um, you know, some things – sorry, go ahead. Have you seen customers using any of this data yet, or is this just too new for these kind of use cases to show up? I'd say, when, you know, as it relates to the API, it's 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 very new. But I've had customers asking me about the things that you know that I just mentioned a minute ago. Okay, so the net flow data itself, right? Some customers obviously you did the feature set, so they must be out there talking about that. Yeah, I, I mean, so we've got particularly as you know when you think about Wavefront and what they're doing Wavefront or if you realize operations, which is provide some similar capabilities on premises. It, you know, they the the one area that I think that they'd like to explore more is what's provided with the flow data, and I think that's where that's that's obviously where Network Insights going to come in, and and if you think along those lines, that's where a lot of our plans are, is okay. exposing that to our Wavefront customers and our VROps customers. So you also mentioned AWS, right? Um, is anybody doing anything significant there? I mean, you, you did say that the customers are interested in, you know, trying to track what their usage is. Are there any other ones that uh, that stand out from a standpoint of uh, building kind of AWS components? I assume this uh, you have a, some kind of private network connected to AWS to your data center, and then you're using VRNI to to actually, you know, analyze how much traffic's going back and forth. What's what are some of the use cases there? Sure, you know. And- let me talk just a little bit about the architecture and how we handle that. It, the way that we're handling that today is we're making a, a TLS call into AWS. So you, you add your AWS credentials, and we're using VPC flow logs to, to obtain that information. We're making a few API calls uh, with CloudWatch to get what we need. The, the main focus with AWS today and the way that customers are consuming it is with, with you know, so they want to, so if you think about a VPC and you think about security groups, it's, I can get into any of my AWS entities today and get some sense of how my security groups are configured. And security groups really are what sort of define firewall roles within AWS. 
the challenge that AWS customers have is it's very difficult to get sort of a, a high-level view of exactly how everything's configured, right? Uh, they have to sort of click into each VPC that they may have in each security group to determine uh, what may be occurring, how things are con configured in the environment, how secure they are, et cetera. And so Network Insights really helping them get their, you know, to get that get that high-level view, but also a very specific view on things like uh, one-sided rules. Uh, the way that we would configure AWS today is uh, we have to set up an ingress and an egress rule independently, and oftentimes what customers will see is maybe one side of that rule has been configured but not the other, and thus they're not, you know, they're not able to communicate with the application. So we're, we're helping them uncover those types of situations, but also a lot of times and I think we've all seen this, we're setting up an application, got to get it up and running, we're just going to open up the firewall completely and have an any any role set up, and, and so anybody can access it. And, you know, down the road they may realize, oops, we've left that open. But, you know, that's another scenario that Network Insight that is helping customers kind of get their arms around and, and understand how to secure their environment. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, John White, you've been awful quiet. Um, hoping you're still driving driving somewhere. Yeah, I actually, you know, I know this is like not a new feature. It's kind of an old school feature, but I think you just breezed right by your overlay underlay uh, visibility. And, uh, and I want to give you a chance to maybe talk about that because I, I think one of the major um, uh, objections that uh, networking teams, like traditional physical networking teams, have to virtual networking, like uh, NSX, is that they lose visibility into overlay underlay uh, packet traces. And I, I went through the hands-on lab for Network Insight, and I saw this amazing visual packet trace that went, you know, uh, it was bi-directional, right? Like in order to go from point A to point B, here's all the virtual switches I went through, all the virtual firewalls that I traversed, and all the physical switches and things like that. And can you talk a little bit about how that's constructed and, and then how it's presented? Like I said, it was this beautiful visualization. So, um, uh, and then maybe to, to keep it a little bit more uh, uh, current, how, what are the challenges with doing that presentation, that physical layer, when you go to AWS? Because, uh, you know, they don't expose a lot of their physical networking. Sure, sure. So you're right. So that that's the portion of the product that we would consider what we call sort of 360 degree troubleshooting and, and visibility. It so that that's the VM to VM path uh, interface that we have in the product, and that's where we take the uh, you know most of the data sources that you configure, and we put that all together. And so you truly are seeing you know if I pick two virtual machines. And we have some great videos that walk through this out on, on the playlist for YouTube for Network Insight. But I'm able to take you know, both sides of that east-west VM-to-VM path information, look at compute-level details so I can see you know, exactly how my virtual machines are configured on either end, the hosts that they may reside on, if we have a UCS chassis or an HP blade or something like that that's involved. We'll also show that deep-level configuration within the path information. Also, we'll see you know, distributed virtual port groups, if that's in the mix, as well as distributed switch information down to my physical switches. Now, if I'm interested in my physical VRS, particularly if I have a, a um, you know, scenario where I'm, where I'm sending my, my information out to a physical router, 
um, you know, something what we would typically call hairpinning. Um, I can see my physical VRF. So let's say I have, for example, a lot of customers have this, a, six, a, a, a Cisco, you know, uh, let's say a 6K or 9K in their environment. I'll show all of that information, including my routing table details. Um, and as well, I can see things like I mentioned earlier, you know, things like panorama or my routers that are involved there. And that's where I may show firewall level details, again, routing level information. Um, and, you know, then I can begin to make decisions on, okay, I may be able to see my NSX details there if I have that configured. So I can see VXLANs, my my edge devices, my logical router devices, as well as what firewalls are assigned from the DFW perspective. So it's really a very deep look at all of the different entities that are involved in that path-to-path -path communication. And beyond that, too, I can see where I have problems. So if I have something that's stepping on communication, maybe uh, OSPF area ID is misconfigured or I have a firewall rule that's misconfigured, it's going to show me that. It's going to make recommendations on how to solve that problem uh, so I can go ahead and you know get communication flowing again. Um, before you move on, before you move yeah. on, am I am I mistaken in thinking that you can actually uh, view that type of uh, information, that visual information, that packet trace, um, not just for the way it is right now, but you can say, oh, what did it look like 48 hours ago? What did it look like a week ago? To kind of yep. do a contrast, especially if there's a if there's a problem that's you know cropped up in the last 48 hours, I can say, well, what did it look like 72 hours ago when it was working? Um, Great, yeah, excellent, yeah. Great point. So yes, I can do that as well, and or or you know any you know any change level information at any one of those entities that I that I mentioned is going to be available uh, up to depending on the type of information we're talking about. If it's flow level detail, we'll keep that for uh, 30 days. If it's change level information, we'll keep that for up to 13 months. So you know it, you know for audit scenarios, compliance things like that, that's available to us. Spectacular. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I think you were going to start talking about the second part of my question was, um, it, what are the complications with doing that overlay underlay view when going into AWS? Or maybe that's not right. what you're going to talk about, but that's what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> so today we don't provide underlay information with AWS. And you're right, that is a bit tricky with the way AWS works. We're working on some different ways to expose that. Uh, and it's a, what it looks like today is we see flow level detail. Uh, we have four tuple flow detail and, and also five tuple flow detail, depending on what we're talking about, which means we're seeing, you know, source and destination IP as well as port information. And so we're able to get quite a bit of detail there. We may not see, we may not be able to enrich the data with underlay information like we can on premises, but it's something that we're working with Amazon on to to see what we can do because that is that has been a need that's come up i'm sure their position is something like no you shouldn't care about that and uh <laughs> you know the customer position is i want to know everything that's going on so there's a there's a push pull there right you know some of the areas that we're looking at and this is actually made it into the most release the current release of the product is at least allow me to show you know, add in my DNS information as well as VLAN information, so layer two type info, so that at least I can enrich it that way if I'm aware of it. Um, we're looking at some other integrations for with IPAM solutions where that make, makes sense, as well as some additional API calls with Amazon that would get us more details. But in a nutshell, yeah, it's you're 
you're right. It's a challenge we're trying to overcome. Very good. Thank right. you. Very good. Thanks, John. Um, so we had Tom Corn here last week talking about uh, app defense. Um, you know, it's a, it's an app. We offer it, um, but it, it sounds like VR and I can also be used to kind of analyze your your application traffic and maybe figure out where's the best place to run your applications, uh, monitor your applications, maybe even uh, secure access at the application level. You want to talk a little bit about that? Right, right. And so, uh, you know, we look at App Defense and BRNI, and then there's another capability called Application Rules Manager that the NSX product provides. And we look at each one of these as sort of complementary and useful at different times in the life cycle of a deployment and, and just general day-to-day -day maintenance. So the way that we would, we would, you know, invite customers to leverage the different capabilities, and I'll start with Network Insight, is you know, this is really useful as I'm, I'm just beginning to flesh out a micro-segmentation plan as well as maybe an NSX rollout or just general visibility of my overlay and underlay. And I want to look broadly at my environment to determine where, where is sort of the, where's the low-hanging fruit, but also where is the best place for me to begin that, that micro-segmentation strategy and overlay-underlay strategy. Once we have that sort of broad set of recommendations, and, 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 and you know, I use the word broad because we can look across an entire environment and we'll support up to 60,000 virtual machines and associated flows and make some very, very granular recommendations based on that look. But once we have that sort of rec set of recommendations in place, we can then take Application Rules Manager, which comes, as I mentioned, with NSX, and further refine what we're doing. So it it can you know not only take and make recommendations at a much deeper level but it can also go ahead and enforce those recommendations so i can take and you know actually create firewall rules and security tags that are associated with those entities that i've maybe gotten a recommendation on from vrni now where app defense comes in and it's really from a different perspective although there, there seems to be some overlap. There really is. And app defense is really meant to, um, yes, help you determine applications, but more make sure that those applications are running in a known good state, right? So I, I take and I build right. a manifest of that app, and I'm, you know, Tom went through it with you guys, so I'm, I won't, yep. I won't get into too much detail. But you know, establish that known good state and make sure that app is 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 continuing to run in that known good, you know, and, and uh, okay. you know, secure compliant state. That makes sense. Yep. Right. All right. Up level a little bit here. Um, so the RNI is out. Um, you can buy this uh, service. You can download the bits and install it locally. Um, how is it different from other tools on the market? If we talk about you know other tools, whether it be virtual plus physical plus cloud, what's what 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 do we have different here? I'll start with the, I think, <laughs> probably a little bit of a Captain Obvious one. I mean, this is a this is a product that is that you know really nobody is going to give you better insight and visibility and control over a VMware product environment than what Network Insight is. It was it's built and designed around vSphere, around NSX, uh, and so there's no other capability on the market that that compares there. Outside of that, yeah, in terms of integration, future integrations. Uh, but even outside of that, if we start to look at 
what we provide for third parties. So really, the market leadership as we look at different, you know, firewall solutions, different underlay networking capabilities, uh, you know, we not only give you that that you know sort of market leadership visibility of VMware, but we're also bringing in all of the other third parties that really are the market leaders in their space and giving you this cohesive picture uh, that really nobody else can touch. There's there's some efforts in various places. Yes, you know we're not the only one to pull, you know, to, to access the vCenter API and pull all sorts of different metrics and configuration info, but we are the only one who brings all of that together into a single view. And I think that's that's what sets us ahead of our competition. That's interesting. So that's a sharp contrast for uh, like a straight NetFlow um, uh, information uh, visualization tool. That's that's not going to get um, insight in uh, at all those different levels. Exactly. Exactly. Great. All right. So then, finally, I always ask everybody this. So we we'll talk a little bit about how you get it. Where you know how do you get started with it? Uh, where do you get the trial? Um, is there a, a HOL available? But before we get to that, I always get to licensing. Um, how much does this thing cost? How are we licensing uh, the functionality? So I, you know, I, I have to be honest. I generally stay away from the pricing. Uh, and that's that would be our product marketing folks. But you know, in terms of how customers can consume it, it's uh, based on there's a there's a number of different ways that we look at it from a metric perspective. And and yeah. so the, the the common method today, particularly for the on-premises version of the product, is it's bought in conjunction with NSX. So, you know, it's a per CPU scenario uh, that, right. that most customers are buying in. We can also, if let's say they have a VDI uh, use case in the mix, we can also, uh, customers can also buy it based on concurrent user information, you know, that, that level. And if we look at it from a service perspective, it's also CPU based. Now, the nice thing about the service today is, um, whereas with on-premises version NSX, is required for a purchase. Uh, the service does not require NSX for a purchase. So the customer can buy in a number of different ways for the service. They could buy, uh, you know, it's still at the CPU level, but also they could buy it based on a demand need. They could also buy in one or three year increments for the service. All right. So just so uh, let me let me let me say, like cover that again. So it's it's on-prem per CPU or user licensing or CPU based on or user license based on CPU or is it mm -hmm. uh, okay so which is it it's CPU and or CPU or CPU or and we, we and we can mix different and there's there's some there's some additional information there as well and this is all available on our website uh, if you want to go take a look at it so don't um, you can uh, okay. you can go and read up on it there as well but the other level of detail too is we can license based on um, on OCI, OSI, or we can do a conversion for physical devices as well. So one CPU equals 15 devices, depending on uh, you know depending on what the customer need might be. Nice. Okay. So then uh, trial trial uh, for on-prem. I assume we have some kind of trial that you can go download and use a trial license. And um, and then do we do some type of trial for the uh, SaaS service as well? Sure, sure. So I'll, work, I'll walk through those. The, 
so the trial, we, you can, uh, it sort of depends on what you're after. We have, and this is something many customers take advantage of, what we call a virtual network assessment. And this is where you can install network insight in your environment, let it run for a few days, and we'll actually produce a report that makes recommendations on the best way for you to leverage the product and maybe add NSX into the mix. Uh, so that's one option that you have available to you. You can also go through your MyVMware account and uh, go about evaluating the product, and then you're, you're provided with a 30-day evaluation. Essentially, offers the product to, you know, with all of the features available. Um, on the service side, we are actually offering the service for free, completely unlocked, uh, until the end of the year. So, you know, oh, essentially nice. anybody, yeah. So anybody who wants to go and try out the service, simply go to cloud.vmware.com. And Network Insights, one of the options you can pick. You'll see a number of other services, including Wavefront we were talking about earlier. Uh, but uh, you know, select Network Insight, and there's a there's a brief approval process that we go through, and you'll receive an email, and you'll be off and running. So all those home labbers out there that want to just go have something fun to do over the holiday season, you can go you can go spend some time analyze your network uh, for free with the service without NSX installed. That's neat. Yep, exactly. That's amazing. That's an amazing offer. I'm gonna, yeah. We'll have to push that right, out. Coming, we're coming up to the top of the hour here. Uh, John White, you have uh, anything you want to wanna contribute or ask uh, before, we, before we finish up? Yeah, I, I remember seeing that the Network Insight was actually a fairly popular uh, lab at VMworld, uh, the hands-on labs. Um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, I, th I think there was an updated lab for that, and uh, um, I think that I think we can all encourage people to go check that out too. That's a, that, in my mind, it was an amazing uh, step to uh, to understand exactly what the the power of Network Insight is and and the the gap that maybe it's filling. Yeah, well, we actually have two labs. That are uh, that are available now. The first one is HOL eighteen twenty nine. That one is is uh, focused on the on premises version of the product, and then the other lab is HOL eighteen eighty four, and that one is actually the service. And so that's another way you can evaluate the service too. And we actually give you access to the service through the hands on lab. Very cool. So even if your uh, your home lab isn't working, you can still check out the service. Yep. Right. All right, and Carl, uh, to to finish up, I know I know you can't talk too much about you know a product strategies. You need that slide that says everything we mentioned are you know subject to change. But can you give any any insight to you guys' thinking on where you're going to go in 2018? What are some of the big things that you're kind of focusing on from an industry perspective? Maybe AWS or other things. What what are your top priorities going into 2018? Top priorities are. Are AWS and generally, just generally, public cloud, additional public cloud support, expanding what we're doing on the physical NetFlow side, so things like SFlow and maybe JFlow eventually. Uh, also, just expanding into the NSXT uh, side of the world. Um, so those are sort of our, our, our initial three. And you know, for every release, we're expanding our third-party device support. Uh, so if you are a Network Insight user, I'd invite you to you know, reach out to your account team or reach out to uh, your, you know, whoever your VMware contact is and let us know if there's certain devices we're not, we're not con 
we're not currently supporting, and I would say there's a pretty exhaustive list that we are, um, let us know, and we'll, we'll work on getting that supported within the product as well. Uh, and I'd say those are, those are really our main areas that we're focused on. Uh, we're hoping to get Azure uh, sometime next year as well, support for Azure. And uh, so that's where we are. That'll be good because, well, when you, when you dropped off, we talked about Microsoft announced uh, uh, running uh, vSphere on uh, Azure uh, native. So uh, not part of our, our announcement, but they, they did that. They did that this morning, I guess. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I did see that. And, and that actually brings up another area, too, that we're focused on, and that's providing support on the VMware and AWS product set. So that's that's not something that we currently support today. Kind of revisiting our conversation from a few minutes back uh, with with Amazon and access to the underlay. All right, great, great. Well, uh, finally, uh, where do what's the URL to go learn more? Uh, I suppose you guys have a do you guys have a blog? Do you have a product website and and your Twitter handle once again just from you. Yes, uh, so K W F U L T Z. That's it. All right, K-W-F-U-L-T-Z. Um, Carl, thanks a lot for being on the show. Um, if you want to go learn more, you can go to VMware.com and uh, you know, go to the product page. And we have a product page up there. And v, v Realize Network Insight. Um, sounds, sounds great. 3.6 is out as of a week ago. Um, so go check it out. And I apparently free, free, uh, free eval for the rest of the year or free use of the product for the rest of the year. So that, that'll be nice as well. Um, so Carl, thanks a lot for being on the show. Uh, we, we will definitely have you back next year. See, see if you've made some progress and uh, for the rest of everybody else. Um, yeah, I hope you have a, a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Carl, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks for having me guys. Have a good day. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Don White. Thanks for, thanks for dialing in Corey. Thanks for dialing in Tony Dunn. Absolutely. Uh, Nelson Mayer, Katie Bradley, they're all on the call. They haven't said much, but I uh, appreciate it. And uh, we're done for the, for the holiday. We're going to go do some, some good uh, t- uh, tofu turkey tomorrow. <laughs> or maybe you're, you're not a vegetarian, and therefore you'll, you'll eat some turkey. But uh, thanks yeah. a lot for all the work that everybody's done. Thanks, uh, John White. You, you don't get paid enough for coming and doing this show every week, but we appreciate it. I'll, I'll let my boss know you said that. Yeah, exactly. Any any time, um, I'll be that talking frog that never says it to your boss. But uh, say it to you. All. <laughs> all right, that's the end of the show. Thanks a lot. We're gonna hit the big red stop button. I know Tommy Berry. We have somebody scheduled uh, when we get back after Thanksgiving next week. I think we're doing vSphere. I keep saying we're gonna do vSphere 6.5 reasons to upgrade to 6.5, but uh, I know it's on the calendar, and we have uh, several other shows on the calendar as well. So. Appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll be back again after the break. Going to hit the big red stop button now.